Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 81 of On the Flank. I want to go with John George alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. Joe, another week of online done. Um, and I think I, 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 I want to call this the week of, of Philly, if you ask me, because I think Philly, hands down, proved they're the team to beat in the Atlantic right now. Um, Absolutely. Two huge wins. Paris, Atlanta, both five maps. Um, one was a reverse sweep, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And both top four teams, easily. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, in, in the Atlantic Division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely two of the better teams in the Atlantic Division alongside Philly and New York, of course. Um, but I, all eyes are on them, not only for that, but Carpe got his 4,000th final blow as well and on Torbjorn with his <laughs> turret. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um, uh, and I want to say... Well, yeah, because I think I think it was like the 600th solo kill or something. Uh, yeah. I don't know because there were there were two two milestones. One of them was 4,000 must have been final blows, and the other one was 600 solo kills. But yeah, uh, both happening in the same week <laughs> uh, for Carpe is crazy. Oh yeah, um, and I think I mean we both have given Carpe MVP of the week. I think I saw you put it on the sheet and I was like, I also have to put it on the sheet because I feel like he deserves it. I probably gave it to him another week too, but honestly this year has, has truly shown me so far, like how much Carpe in my opinion is the best DPS player in the league. I think he's the he's super consistent. His team needs him. Like he just carries his team the most out of any DPS player. I think, I think, um, so I think he deserves both our MVPs for that reason. Absolutely. And yeah, it is it's 4,000 final blows and 600 solo kills both this weekend. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, if you look at other names on that list, um, it's something like, uh, you, you know, strikers up there, uh, which is notable considering how little he's played recently, but, um, uh, it'd have to go, but you know, names like that, that's like big, um, uh, significant things but yeah carpe um way up there in terms of just like the raw value he's given to his team yeah um and striker like if striker wasn't on shock ever if if he stayed on boston or if he was on a different team where he was he was the carpe because i feel like he could on a different team he could be the carpe of a certain team um but shock has has so much flexibility that uh, they don't really need him to be the carpe of their team. Uh, so he, he, he was, I think he was definitely leading in final blows after season one. Uh, but clearly went way down after he barely played in season two and he's been playing more this season, but, um, so still impressive that he's up there despite, despite being benched a lot of the time. And I think profit is another name that's, that's close to carpe or the closest one to carpe, um, which also makes sense. Yeah. The um, uh, Captain Planet was it Captain Planet? Yes, it was Captain Planet. Did a really nice write up um, about Carpe on the OverSleep.com today. Uh, so you could pause the show and go read that now, or read it after or something. Uh, oh yeah. But yeah. Good stuff. 
Very good stuff. Um, but if we want to go, I mean, we could talk about the Paris match, um, which just seemed seemed like a classic. I don't know. It seems like Philly often goes down 0-2, and then they look like a completely different team after halftime. Uh, and then there's just no doubt in my mind that they're going to reverse sweep for some reason. It, it happens so often. Do they even need to fix it, Joe? I mean, um, I'm like so confident when it's 2-0 down at half that Philly is going to win the game still. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you'd have to, uh, you know, maybe uh, numbers-wise there's some kind of precedent for that, or maybe it's just, uh, you know, the the clutch ability of this team. But, um, yeah, absolutely. That, uh, you, you know, Paris... Uh, again, a really strong team, looking really strong at the beginning of the series. Um, they've taken some hits this week that we'll talk about, um, and last week, but uh, like in terms of their actual roster. Uh, but a really, a really exciting first couple of maps, and then uh, it's sort of got turned on, right? Uh, all the way to map five, all the way to point three on Oasis, um, and and yeah, but by playing, uh, playing these kinds of things, they're good at. That's what uh, you know this Philly does best, which is sort of um, oxymoron to say, but I mean, it's true. Yes. And I think it was after this match that Carpe plugged his YouTube channel. I believe so. Yeah. (laughs) In the chat, uh, Carpe right after they won said, just said uh, youtube.com slash Carpe. Um, Carpe OW. Yep. Slash Carpe OW. I wonder if he's gained any subscribers from that. I, I almost subscribed to him after that. I was like, okay, I'm in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then uh, the next day, Philly did not need to reverse sweep, but they did almost get reverse swept. Um, full Phil held on um, Dorado and Hanamura for maps three and four, but came back on Ilios one, one, two to one. Uh, Joe, as a Philly fan, were you were you scared there for for a second that that your team was gonna get the old reverse sweep done to them this time? Yeah, I mean it's uh, not not pretty, that's for sure. Uh, and this one, I think I'm gonna have to um, take another look at here after this show. In fact, this was uh, this is still your thunder, but uh, this was your match to go back and rewatch mm-hmm. uh, uh, out of the matches we picked this week. But um, but yeah, I mean it's Philly. <laughs> they're a very very extreme team uh you know they either they can have these um uh you, you know clutch plays and, and good success and that kind of thing or if they're they're off they're really off uh <laughs> at sort of the the middle of this series here but um but uh yeah pulling out at the end and you know playing 10 maps that's that's very philly as well uh, 10 maps in in two matches that's yeah. the cl- The clutch plays from Philly are what impress me most, and that's it's it's moments like that that make me think that Philly has a chance to win it all. I, I know um, that Atlantic is probably way worse than Pacific. I know that, uh, but I still think that Philly has a has a chance. Like because because when they're in these situations where they're um, about to be down or they're about to lose. They just pull it out almost every time this season. It it seems like they've they've really really snatched uh, opportunities away from other teams to beat them, and I think that's the most impressive part when watching a team in 
in Overwatch League. Obviously, there are teams that just dominate every match. You would rather Philly be doing that. But I still, I, I don't think that they're going to dominate a match versus the Shock. I don't think they're going to dominate a match um, versus any of these Chinese teams. It's always going to be close. Uh, and the fact that Philly has so so much so many so much experience in these pressure situations and they do so well uh in them so far this season that's that's what's impressing me the most i know like these are atlantic teams if they were really that good they should be 3-0ing all of them but i i think it's really good experience cuz i don't think they will be 3-0ing shock i don't think they'll be 3-0ing all these other teams that they they won't face until playoffs basically so um, yeah, there's certainly not a team that's uh, got a history of doing that. No. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, speaking of the Chinese uh, side of things, we got to see Vancouver face the Chinese teams, two of them this weekend, losing both of them. Uh, which uh, I don't, I don't quite think we predicted, Joe. We both predicted Vancouver winning, didn't we, against Chengdu? We, we did, yeah. Um, and this one was not uh, not super close. Chengdu, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Chinese. I mean, we've gotten extremely close Chinese games. I feel like almost every week, at least, we've had at least one five map game. No five maps out of any of the Chinese teams this week. Um, three to one was the closest we got to a map five. Chengdu versus Vancouver. Every single other one was three zero. So uh, interesting things flipping around a little bit uh, a lot of ch- a lot of them going one and one though so that that's a consistent thing uh what what do you th- first time we've seen vancouver in a while um you, are you a little worried about them after watching this they've, they've got to face these teams for the rest of the season now um and <laughs> that they, they do they, they've started off on a on a bad note here <laughs> you worried joe yeah, first time we've seen Vancouver in a while, um, and first time we've seen them lose in a while. I mean, it's uh, you know this weekend was their first loss since uh, Grand Finals because uh, they went they went two and zero in the first weekend, I believe. Uh, yeah, and then hadn't played since. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, I'm not entirely sure what this was. I think a lot of it had to do with just, uh, some of the the compositional things that. Um, I think we were trying to do that was just potentially like too. <laughs> I don't know exactly how to describe it. <laughs> I believe it was, I believe it was the Vancouver Guangzhou match. Uh, that one of the casters, or maybe it was Chengdu. I forget. Uh, was comparing Vancouver to Chengdu in in terms of some of their their compositional things, which which you don't see very often. But um, he was talking about. That is because of it's a combination of inflexibility, but like you've got a thing that you know works, and you're just trying to put that in every single position, uh, or in every single like situation, which which is some teams are able to do successfully, and some teams sometimes have success and sometimes don't, but they know when to like change it up. Um, but, it, but part of part of the thing here with Vancouver, I think, is they were just not comfortable enough. And again, having not played in in nine weeks, who could blame them, really? But not comfortable enough to um, have that kind of flexibility that it's becoming more and more obvious that you kind of need um, 
with the hero pool changing every week. Uh, which again, <laughs> you don't want every every or you would think that not every single thing has to come down to the hero pools, but it's it's such a big change um, that it's just something you've got to be like consistently used to. Yeah, um, I think I, yeah. I, I um I saw someone say this, so this isn't my original thought, but I agree with it. I can't remember who said it, but I think if you look at Vancouver and if you look at Runaways history in general with these players, it's it's that they they usually at the beginning of like seasons or the beginning of tournaments, they would be shaky and they wouldn't be they wouldn't like hit their peak until the end, until the championship when they would win it all. And usually these tournaments or seasons for for last year would have one consistent meta. These players are the best in the world at mastering a meta. With hero pools, there is no meta. They can't master anything. Um, they have been, I mean, run away so consistently. Dive, goats, sniper meta. Like, they would end up, by the end of that meta, being the best team in that meta. And they were so good at it. It, it makes no sense to me. But now... So there's just no meta. They they just have to get good at at flexing, at finding what they're good at specifically, um, instead of just figuring out the meta better than every every team. They don't have enough time to do it. Uh, take usually takes them a while to be able to do it. They don't have enough time. They only have a week. So uh, someone pointed that out, and I I agree with it heavily. I think Vancouver has very much taken advantage of of mastering metas and now they can no longer do that. Uh, so I am, I personally, uh, I am kind of scared for this team moving forward with hero pools. I, I don't know what, I, I, maybe they master that too, but yeah, for now this is, somebody else pointed out. This is also the, the runaway team that, uh, uh, has the, the whole thing with like alternating years, uh, the one year they do really well, and then they uh, the yeah, next yeah. year they don't. So I don't know. Second place in <laughs> second place in the league. That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they do in their starting lineup. They do have two non-runaway people, players, Ryu Jae-hong and Fisher, of course. It's true. So it's true. Maybe, maybe they're messing up their vibes a little bit. Who knows? Um, but and I yeah, it's hard to like call them out because honestly, this past weekend it seemed like. Especially the Guangzhou match, and everyone was playing bad, not just those two. So, uh, but yeah, as far I mean, as far as the other Eastern games go, Shanghai three zero Guangzhou. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, even after Guangzhou just stomped Vancouver, now I, <laughs> yeah, I was going like, to say, does does that does that mean Shanghai's six map, <laughs> six maps over Vancouver? You know, yeah. <laughs> double double the maps. Um, yeah. Because Guangzhou, like, full held on Volskites. Like, you don't get more dominant than that against Vancouver. I can't imagine what Shanghai would have done then. Um, and then Hangzhou beat Chengdu. Chengdu ended up being Vancouver. Still don't, <laughs> I still don't have a good grasp on these teams besides the fact that I think Shanghai is really good. I think their only loss was a fluke so far, so... Yeah, it's going to be, I think, in general, a lot harder to compare teams when they're playing in these groups, too, just because you'll have a lot more, um, you know, uh, tied series and like over the course of the season um, and just no no ladders to like no benchmarks to 
um, compare people to across regions. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even compare, like I wouldn't say Chengdu and Guangzhou being Vancouver means that uh, the East is way better than the Pacific West because I think Vancouver at the beginning of the season where they were dominating the West is completely different from the Vancouver now. Like I, yeah, I, I don't, I think if Vancouver was playing gladiators or shock, they would have struggled too. Honestly, it seems like a more of a hero pool thing than anything to me. Um, so I wouldn't even compare We did, we did get one comparison though, Joe, because the Dallas field played the Washington justice uh, and they destroyed them. <laughs> uh, we did th- three, two, zero. Um, so if that's a, if you're taking this as a chance to compare Pacific to Atlantic, um, Washington's like a mid-table uh, Atlantic team. Dallas feels dead like bottom of Pacific, in my opinion, and they still three owed Washington. So. Um, Impressed? I mean, so many people are debating, is this like a moment for the fuel where it's like, oh, maybe we're hitting our stride or, or is the Pacific just that much better than the Atlantic Joe? And once they go back to playing Pacific teams, they're done. Yeah. I mean, part of it, I think is, it's at least worth worth thinking about uh, that the Washington justice um, is now on a, um, four-game losing streak um, to uh, Dallas this week, but also Philly, Toronto, and New York before them. Um, and in fact, if you um, if you take out their, their win over Boston, uh, you make it five and six games with losses to Paris and London. I mean, that's uh, you know more significant if you look at it that way. Um, but yeah, so in... That lately, definitely Washington has been struggling. Um, they're going to have... Actually, I don't know that for a fact. I was going to say they're going to have Week 11 off, but no, they, they play Atlanta uh, first game of Week 11. So that's going to be another really, really challenging game for them. But, um, but but yeah, on the other hand, then you've got Dallas coming off a really nice one over the LA Valiant. Um, and they lost to the Gladiators also last week. Um, but again, that and that's was also a team I believe that was making one of their one of their first appearances in the season so far um, other than like the first couple of weekends um, but all that to say that yeah I think um, decay and Doa are looking really good uh, they, like this is a um, the a DPS line that I forget um, did did they play on Dallas last year surely not no because decay, decay was with gladiators last year yeah decay was with gladiators so um the, yeah, so I think it's definitely a, a good sign uh, for Dallas on, in that regard. But uh, when you can play OG and Note together, uh, when you have the flexibility to throw Trill in, who's definitely you know proved himself as a, a solid Overwatch League tank, um, you know even as, even as a bench tank, which not all teams can say that they have a solid uh, bench main tank. Um, that uh, yeah, when they take on Shock next week. Um, but with especially considering um, how shocks looked the last couple weeks too, I mean this got the potential to be a really nice match um, for for I mean just in general, but but for Dallas too. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what Dallas can do in that match if they can do anything or if they just let their fans down again. 
Classic Dallas. Um, as far as things we haven't talked about, I guess Houston went 2-0 this weekend, uh, beating Boston 3-1 and then beating Toronto 3-2. Uh, so it, it's looking like um, they're not really the, the bottom feeders in the Atlantic uh, division so far, which is very nice for them because I think people, a lot of people thought they were dead last in the league. Uh, if you look at the Atlanta conference standings overall, they're sixth right now, actually. Um, so beating Toronto, I helped them pass Toronto, Toronto, Florida, Washington, and Boston all below them. Um, do you think Houston has the potential, Joe, to to possibly pull off an upset against Atlanta, Paris, New York, Philly, any of these teams that are ahead of them now? Yeah, I feel like um, the the Atlantic is pretty stratified in that way. Like, I would be surprised. Um, I think it's fair that I would be surprised uh, looking at Houston if they were to go and face one of those upper table Atlantic teams and and find that kind of success. Honestly, um, that the, yeah, you're right. They had um, play in Boston this week, play in Toronto. Um, Toronto, you know, all the way to five maps, which, um, again, I would consider Toronto better than Boston, um, which makes sense score-wise. But, uh, you know, when we had we had the, the rematch to El Clasico, which was how they insisted on calling it, um, the Houston versus Boston, and that was, in lots of ways, a really messy series. Uh, I think it, it was even um, um, Hex, I assume, uh, that was describing it that way. Um, I mean, yes, they they can have that kind of success, um, but it really is um, dependent on. It seems like a lot of factors that, or it's really dependent on a lot of factors that it seems like are sometimes out of uh, Houston's control. Even um, if they can find what they need to actually come up with solid wins, and then of course, um, talking about Boston again, they're. Uh, you know they're they're doing fine with with the things they have. Uh, it's it's a lot of um, uh, n- nothing new to say about them really. I guess from my perspective, um, just in terms of lots of a lot of the success or or failure that they find is really um, really heavily relying on their DPS line, uh, specifically Jerry uh, Color Hex. You know playing uh, sort of second fiddle there on the the left side of the Less side of the roster, but um, yeah, it's it, it's <laughs> when when uh, when they have a really good series, it's it's super good to watch. But uh, yeah, it, that nothing necessarily has changed uh, from last week as far as that kind of position uh, that I would take on Boston. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. trying to think if there's anything else to say, but no, that's that's about it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I feel like Houston, I don't know. Houston's where it cuts off for me in the Atlantic as, as far as those bottom five teams are, you know, it's going to be hard for them to upset anyone at the top there. Um, I think there's a big skill difference. Uh, but the only game we haven't talked about is the Shock Gladiators at this point, a game which I embarrassingly picked the Gladiators, even though on this podcast I said exactly what was going to happen. Um Gladiators, of course, after upsetting the shock last year. I mean, year, it's also true did that get uh, by the shock right after. So, yep, that's that happened again. 
<laughs> uh, they got stomped by the shock. Yeah. Fair enough. It, I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's also true that um, the at the, the end of last week's show, you know, we were saying uh, I was agreeing with you that this could be uh, this could have been one of the closest series of the week, um, just based on the way we looked at some of these teams. Um, and uh, I, in fact, I think uh, even what I told you was I'm gonna make you pick the upset, uh, even though I have one to. Um, but yeah, it was uh, not really what. Uh, we expect it to be, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't necessarily like a stomp, but a 3-0, no, not a single map from the Gladiators, unfortunately. Uh, but I think it's I think it's fair to say the San Francisco Shock are, are back and they're fine, uh, especially after that week where they went 0-2, of course, to both the LA teams. Uh, but they're back. They beat them both. They got their revenge. Yeah, Shock's still good. Confirmed. Uh, but yeah, I got, I got nothing else really to say about this this week. You got anything, Joe? Uh, I don't think so. We had um, the first uh, not hero draw at the end of this week, which we'll talk about later. Mm, uh, yes. So that's that's kind of cool. Uh, Philly's going to take uh, the week off, notably, I believe. Boston doesn't have any matches. Nope, just kidding. Boston has matches next yep. weekend. Um, and matches start tonight. Yes. Not uh, we, so that's exciting. There are, there are still weekend games, but some games tonight here on a Thursday. Um, and no no North American teams playing on Saturday and Sunday. Just the Asian teams. Makes you wonder if there's a reason for that. Like they're trying to avoid something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if um, if we ever get a reason. I don't know what. Maybe they're just testing some different things, testing the waters out, seeing what seeing what happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, okay. Top of our news is uh, it's Violet's birthday. Happy birthday to him. <laughs> yeah, which I was telling John before the show, the only reason that's on our rundown is because it happens to be at the top of our Twitter feed when I opened it up for the show. So. There yeah. you go. Because <laughs> he tweeted, happy birthday to me, happy birthday to me. <laughs> yeah, because we, we don't normally care about that, but it happens to be there. So <laughs> so it's it's got to be important. Oh, yeah. Um, something that, yeah, some people would say is, is very important is um, that XZ has uh, s- stepped away from the Paris Eternal, which is very big for the Paris Eternal, of course. Uh, he had to return to South Korea to treat severe neck pain. Uh, so they're hoping he returns to competition at the end of his treatment. So this is similar to actually um, Axiom situation at Boston uh, because he, he had to go back to South Korea to uh, fix his eyes. So, yeah, um, Paris now missing out on one of their more impressive players for sure at the start of the season for a little bit. So. I'd say that this this is probably going to hurt him big. We we saw we saw it already losing to uh, Philadelphia, keeping it close. But I, I do think they sorely missed XC there. They probably could have pulled out the win with him, maybe. Yeah, it's. But um, I was sort of alluded alluded to it earlier. But yeah, uh, loss of loss of XC from the Paris roster, loss of hip last week. Uh, certainly in a very different position. Um, 
than they were two weeks ago as, as far as just what you can do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, very <laughs> interesting. Um, I, yeah, I'm, <laughs> that hurts Paris a little bit. Uh, and coming from Boston, which is our next piece of news, I, I can relate a little bit uh, because swimmers, Swimmer has decided to t- take a step back from uh, competitive Overwatch in the Overwatch League. Uh, so Swimmer has left the Boston Uprising, mutually parting ways. Uh, I, over on his Twitter, he tweeted out um, a graphic saying saying exactly what he wanted to do. Um, and I think it mostly has to do with uh, capitalizing on uh, his stream um, and stuff like that. He, was, he wasn't getting played um, anymore over Halo, of course. So I think he... I think he just wanted to move on to streaming instead, which it does put Boston in a little bit of an interesting situation here, Joe, of course, um, with they have seven players, uh, but one of them, Axiom, is, is still recovering from uh, from his eye treatment. So they technically just don't have a sub right now to, to put in. Um, yeah, that's an interesting situation for Boston to be in. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, Swimmer uh, put out a tweet longer talking about uh, you know that this is mostly in like his own interest. Um, he said off rather than um, sounded like uh, rather than you know things with the team or, or that kind of thing. But you know, making sure he can yeah work on um, being like a person and not an Overwatch per- uh, an Overwatch player, and that's 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 notable. That's that's valuable. Um, but he's still playing. He says he's not leaving for Valorant or anything. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, I think people, when they see Boston, they assume like, uh-oh, like there have been problems there in the past that must be happening again. But if you look at like every how everyone's been released here, like obviously there's Mufin, which is a completely different situation. Swimmer is leaving. Like these people are... Are leaving for for um, just just other reasons here. Munchkin leaving. Um, no one has no one has said anything about a bad culture or anything. It just seems like it, it just seems like it's just happening. You know, it's just everyone's just leaving. It's it's crazy and people being put into tough situations. Um, yeah, it's a unfortunate situation for Boston that they they've got all this especially in the time in in times like this where it's it's hard to get people over to Boston to play with their teammates when uh, during the coronavirus of course in the quarantine so uh, we'll see how that plays out I guess all right uh echo is live I love her already <laughs> It's amazing. It's so much fun to play Echo. Highly recommend. Uh, she's already in competitive, too. Uh, she came with some patch notes, Joe, so I guess you're the patch man. You could talk about her now. She did indeed, yeah. Um, and I believe it's nothing... Um, yeah, nothing that wasn't already on PTR. Um slash nothing new but um yes echo is live you're right and yeah i had forgotten that usually there's a period of time where she's not or where the new hero isn't in competitive um 
but sure enough, right, it's right into competitive mode. Uh, you can have a training partner in the tr practice range now, uh, which again is is particularly there for Echo's Ultimate. Um, you can view the patch notes in the game client. And by in the game client, I mean you can click a button to take you out of the game client, <laughs> and <laughs> then you can see the patch notes. Uh, so that's something. Um, there's a new arcade card um, called Competitive Open Queue, uh, which has all competitive rules, including hero pools, but uh, no role restrictions. So you can play GOATS in competitive mode now, as long as Reinhardt is not banned, which he is. <laughs> um, and I think Brig 2, actually, this week. Is she? Nope. Just, yes, Brig is banned this week. Wait. Oh, yeah, yeah, she is, yeah. Uh, so you'll have to wait till next week to play GOATS. But uh, you can do that in that new arcade card. Uh, Hero Pools will now change each Monday. Again, this is talking still relevant with the unified hero pools that got talked about last week uh, and we'll go into effect for the first time um, this weekend uh, there are no more map pools we talked about that already uh, same thing and then the tracer blink changes um, which was a deal where they tried to they changed like how that was calculated for whatever reason but the result was that she actually got a little bit more weird mobility tech that then they reverted um, but nevertheless, um, it's still apparently improved the accuracy of Tracer's blink movement such that she will more likely end up where the crosshair is pointing. So that's something. And a bunch of bug fixes, um, uh, a bunch of bug fixes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's about it. So that's the patch. It went live on Tuesday and will... Uh, be in the Overwatch League next weekend for week 12, is that it? Yeah, yeah week 12 I, is I, when Echo um, will hit the game. Nice. I, Yeah, Echo's fun. <laughs> Echo is fun. I, I'm enjoying Echo. I, I would recommend not playing competitive, though, <laughs> <laughs> for a little bit. Um, I, I enjoy playing Echo in Deathmatch, and I played in Quick Play. I played one match competitive with an echo on my team wasn't wasn't fun because the other team didn't have echo um and they just countered echo hard by playing two hit scan so we just lost because of that uh so yeah i would highly well, well if you're gonna play competitive like duo queue up dps and just play hit scan and then you have like free wins basically um yeah. that's my only advice i guess uh but it yeah it's fun um I guess we should move on, move on to week 11. Uh, oh, yeah. I was going to... Uh, I knew there was something else I was going to say about Echo. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, there's the... They've announced a, the Echo Showdown uh, tournament thing that registration is open um, until tomorrow at some point. So you can find a team of six. Uh, it's just an Overwatch tournament 6v6, except you have to use Echo. Um and there's a $25,000 prize pool in NA and EU. So that's a thing. And then they're doing a um, Twitch Drops um, spray reward event thing for Echo also. Uh, so today is ML7 is actually live right now as we're recording. Uh, you can watch for some, some, some spray drops. Um, and there's a couple days after that. Um, it's like 14 through 20, so up and through next Monday. Uh, you can get some sprays, including a, a 
the Spider-Man meme spray, except it's Genji. <laughs> yep, it's it's Echo Genji and Genji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, which is amazing. which is literally the only reason I'm I'm participating in this event is because I want that spray. <laughs> that spray is really good, really good spray, top tier spray. Um, two meme sprays came out of out of Echo so far because there's also the one where it's the guy with the butterfly, like Echo does that too. It's true. I think that one you can just straight up buy. Yeah, that one you do not have to get in a drop. Speaking uh, of Echo cosmetics, this isn't even on our list, um, but for a couple hours when she launched you could buy the echo contenders skin did you see that <laughs> yes and then they removed it from the game so, yeah, so <laughs> you don't even get it get it as a keepsake if you bought it yeah it with like no explanation either tokens. yeah as far as i can see must have just been i don't even know hey I, I, I don't know how, how it was a bug like they, maybe at some point they like were going to make them pur- purchasable so it was there and then it got, accidentally got switched on. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I personally wouldn't buy a contender skin, uh, but maybe some people would. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure people would. Just buy an outlaw skin. It's literally the same thing. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, week 11. Uh, week 11. So are they playing on a, on 1.46 now? Is this the first week of that, Joe? Uh, yes, this week is the first of 1.46, and then next week, I guess, will be the first of 1.47. That's kind of quick. Wow. Um, and the hero pool, of course, uh, you all should know it because you also have this hero pool for the first time. As uh, Brig McCree, Widow, and Ryan are all banned. Goodbye to all of them. Um, Just for the record, this was the patch with... Uh, Slight Ash buff, slight Kenji buff. Uh, Maze, primary, secondary fire got changed. Uh, yes. Farah got some um, splash damage buff. Uh, Reinhardt, Steadfast got a nerf. Those are the big changes there. Yeah, that May nerf is, is pretty big. It's pretty big. Because uh, we have been seeing a lot of May. Uh, we saw a lot of May last week. So I, I would expect less May, hopefully. Uh, but let's... Let's go ahead and predict some matches here, Joe. Uh, I think I am down two games to you now because of my stupid pick last week. Uh, it is true. Yeah, we I got actually all four, and you got three of the four last week. Uh, so yeah, That's 19 nice. and 17 out of 31 currently. All right. Well, we're going to predict the first match of the week, which is actually happening very soon from, from when we're recording this on, on Thursday. Uh, and it's Atlanta versus Washington. Uh, Washington, as Joe mentioned earlier in the show, on a bit of a losing streak here. Not good for them. Uh, Joe, you're picking first. So can uh, can Washington stop their losing skid here against Atlanta? Who Atlanta, they've had a pretty tough schedule so far. Uh, it seems like this might be a little bit of a relief. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's uh, like I said earlier in the show, yeah, this is going to be a really, really difficult match for Washington to sort of uh, to try to pop back into uh, picking up some wins on, because uh, again, likely number three team um, in the Atlantic Division uh, here. So, so you know which playoff quality team I'm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, yeah, that I'm, I'm not sure this is going to be the match uh, for Washington. Probably going to have to wait until week twelve um, to <laughs> to pick up one of those wins they need. Um, 
that you, you know, I'm hoping they can look better than they have in some of their recent matches because there's definitely room for improvement. But I'm not sure that's going to be um, like a big enough, uh, big enough difference ultimately. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Atlanta here. Washington's not looking too hot lately, and I, I do think even if Washington was looking hot, Atlanta is the better team. So I'm going to Atlanta with this one. And then the other game tonight is the Battle for LA, the first of the season, uh, besides that little show match we got to see. Uh, so this is the, an actual Battle for, for LA, the Gladiators versus the Valiant. Um, this one's going to be interesting. I, I would say most people would pick the Gladiators, but Gladiators are coming off of a brutal 3-0 against the Shock here. Um, and, and Valiant are performing better than most people had them. A lot of people end up dead last in their power rankings. I would say we're now at the point where they are not dead last. I, I'm sure of that. Um, Joe, who takes the first battle of LA of 2020? Uh, sure enough, I am given the, uh, given the edge to the gladiators here. Uh, they'll be my pick. Uh, I mean, LA Valiant coming off a, a three, two, uh, loss of Dallas Fuel, but of course they also didn't play this past weekend, so you know they've had some time, uh, you know, let that brush off a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, similar results from both teams against the Shock most recently. Uh, I don't know how how much of a, a marker that can really be, but, uh, but yeah, so we're gonna give the give the edge to the Gladiators here. I think um, uh, with uh, we can actually you know think some of the bands. There's lots of CC. Um, Band this week uh, in Brigham McCree, so I expect to see. Uh, I, I hope to see lots of the the Mirror Doomfist, uh, for example, from the Gladiators. Um, the, yeah, I think that's uh, going to have the advantage here in uh, in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going Gladiators too. I was going to say the same thing about the Mirror Doomfist. I think it's a good week for them uh, without Brig to counter Doomfist. So I'm I'm going Gladiators as well to beat the Valiant. I do think it'll be a close one though. I think that's going to be a good match. Watch that. Watch that match. Uh, okay. Should, Go ahead. They should pipe in some crowd noise or something. Just <laughs> <Yes>. for, <laughs> for effect. We've always had that crowd noise for the battle for LA. We need it. Um, okay. Dallas Fuel. San Francisco Shock. Uh, I th- think this is... The, no, this is the second time they're facing each other this season, right? Uh, sounds right. Yeah, because they faced each other week one. I'm pretty sure... Uh, yes, they did. Wait, no. Actually, I'm on the yeah, wrong page. Yeah, they did. Week yeah, one, uh, San Francisco beat Dallas 3-1. 3-1. So this this is a nice little rematch of the Pacific here. Uh, shock on a tear um, since their 0-2 that one week. Uh, looking better and better each week and uh, still, still pretty flexible. But Dallas Fuel also pulling out a win against Washington and the LA Valiant. So... They're on a little bit of a tear of their own, Joe. Can they pull off the upset here against against the Shock, though? Yeah, the Dallas feel looking better, uh, better than they have uh, all season, really. Uh, and um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick oh, the boy. I'm gonna pick Dallas oh, here on this God. series. Uh, I know it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, uh, but so so hear me out. So two weeks ago, um, San Francisco Shock was to call it three weeks ago. Uh, San Francisco Shock goes 0-2 um, against Gladiators and against the Valiant. Week after that, uh, they pick up the three-one over the Valiant again, uh, and now beat the Gladiators this past weekend. Uh, but so they've got two matches. Or they've, 
Nope, just the one. Just kidding. Just the one match this week over Dallas. But um, I think uh, lots of success San Francisco's been having um, has been with people like Ans um, on the on the Widowmaker uh, on the on the McCree, uh, both of which heroes are banned this week. Um, uh, meanwhile, I think uh, again, Decay Doha looking really nice these last couple matches for Dallas. Uh, is it an upset? Absolutely. Um, but I partly I just don't want to see it happen. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Joe, you're you're letting me catch up here, Joe. That's what I'm taking this as. You're you're giving me a free win. I'm picking the shock. Well, one of us is going to be really happy next next week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm picking the shock. Uh, easy win for me, Joe. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, last game we're predicting is uh, Shanghai versus Hangzhou. Of course, this weekend we only get those uh, Pacific East games. Um, once we get to Saturday and Sunday, and this is one of them, Shanghai versus Hangzhou. Shanghai, uh, what, who's their one loss to? Guangzhou or Hangzhou? Uh, I want to say Chengdu. Chengdu? Yeah, I can't remember. But they only have one loss so far, and it's to someone, and they looked very different than any other time they played. Um, so they they look a little, un, uh, in my opinion, they look they look like the best team over there in the East. Ken Hong Joe uh, beat them this time around, though, Joe. Um, I'm saying no. <laughs> I think Hong Joe is like right in there as. Um, Probably my my second choice, uh, I guess, because Seoul is playing with the uh, North America West, right? Uh, I or, think they're moving. Actually, no, they, they're, they're in Korea now, aren't they? Them. They're moving or it, something because they haven't played it in a while. Um. Okay, so my point was going to be <laughs> um, that I, I was going to say Hangzhou was probably probably a, a close second uh, or close to third. Uh, but in second place in that region, um, that's not counting Seoul, though. I would put Seoul probably above Hangzhou. But, um, uh, but yeah, all that to say that I think um, Shanghai's definitely got the edge here still. Um, and I'll, I'll give them the series. Yes, Shanghai did lose their only losses to Chengdu so far. Um, and yes, I will also give them the edge in this series. Uh, they're the team to beat in the East. And I don't think they get beaten this time around either. Uh, yeah, I got Shanghai winning this one. Okay. Um, anything else to say before we sign off here, Joe? Uh, there is not a very good chance that Dallas beats uh, San Francisco next <laughs> week. <laughs> but it's going to happen. Good I have faith. Good I have forecast. faith. Yeah. Um, uh but yeah, no, that's that's about it. Yeah, just a reminder, matches start on Thursday this week. So remember that. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We got a four four day four days of Overwatch League. Okay. Uh well, thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on our personal social medias, mine's at JW George IV. Joe's is at Kirkpatrick underscore inc. That's INC. Show is a Twitter. It's uh, at on the flank show. You can keep up with our picks, predictions, our our standings over there for that. You can email us on the flank show at gmail.com or tweet at us if you have any questions, any corrections, anything you'd like us to talk about on the show. 
you're listening to this in one way. If you want to listen to it in a different way, you go to on-the-flank.pinecast.co. My personal YouTube channel, John George. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Thanks for listening and enjoy the matches tonight.